0: Howdy, howdy y'all.
1: Hey guys, welcome to our podcast.
0: Yes, this podcast called My Life My Story.
1: Ah, very good. Yes, so So I am Deborah Core and I'm here with my amazing husband,
0: Lee Clore.
1: Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today. We Love getting to know people. We love bringing you different stories of people that some of you know, and you're actually learning new things about them, even though you've been friends forever. So love love hearing things like that.
0: Yeah. And if you're interested in having your story told or interviewed, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can visit us, uh, send us an email at teamlibra, T-E-A-M-L-E-E-B-R-A at gmail.com or visit our website, teamlibra.com.
1: Yep. Yeah. Or maybe we want to volunteer somebody else's story? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we might we might get better responses if we say, "Hey, volunteer somebody yeah. for us to hit up." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do have some friends that we really, really want to interview, and we just had a hard time getting them to commit. Don't be scared. Yeah, yeah we, this is not a gotcha podcast. <laughs> Most definitely it's a, not. it's a nope.
0: Let's. What took you from mm-hmm. child? Mm -hmm. To where you are now in the pathway, and all the hurdles you did, all the fun things you did to get there, and the unique stories. Everybody's got a unique
2: story. It is fun.
1: I was going to say it is fun too because a lot of folks that we have interviewed in the beginning, they're like, "Yeah, but I don't really have an interesting story." And then once we start asking questions or kind of learn something, we kind of take some tangents, and then they kind of realize, like, "Oh, that was." There is something there. there so something, yeah, yeah, never downplay your story because nope. it's it's important and all of that has made you who you are today. So well,
0: Today was a fun one.
1: It was fun. A local gal,
0: Yeah, Molly Hornsby, who yes. is a missionary mm-hmm. to Honduras.
1: Capital city that I don't Do you yeah. want to try to say Tegu-sigalpa.
0: Tegu-sigalpa. <laughs> Tegu-sigalpa. And As she
1: listens to this, she'll be like, oh, hey, they kind of got yeah. it.
0: <laughs> and she'll fix it here in a minute when you listen yeah, to it. Yeah, you'll her. hear
1: her but say it properly. <laughs>
0: she talks about a small-town girl mm-hmm. being not an uh, outward kind of person. Yeah,
1: she was pretty shy, pretty she'll shy. say. Yeah. And
0: then all of a sudden, she follows God, mm-hmm. and she talks about her missionary, how she got there, yeah. and her where they're at now and her children, it's for awesome. sure. It's an awesome yeah. story.
1: Great opportunity to learn, a, you know, a good amount of detail about just her ministry and and where they're at now. And we definitely are excited to see like how many people start supporting her and yes. connect with her uh, because of this. So very excited yeah. to see that also.
0: Let's go see what she's got to say.
1: welcome molly thanks for coming today
3: good morning happy to be here happy yes to
1: be here. yeah we can say happy happy thanksgiving Dana.
0: <laughs> yes she's <laughs> up here visiting family from honduras mm-hmm. yeah and uh we did this second let me see if i can remember she taught me how to say it. tegucigalpa
1: close <laughs> tegucigalpa yeah Very tegucigalpa. Close. you sounded a lot better when you said yeah. it than i did <laughs> Got a little Spanish flair. Yeah, so Molly is a missionary in Honduras, um, and we're super excited to hear about that journey and what she does there. But
0: Today is the day after Thanksgiving, so I'd like, what is Spanish for happy Thanksgiving?
1: Oh, good one.
3: We actually don't celebrate Thanksgiving mm. in Honduras, but some people do, but you mm-hmm. would say Feliz Dia de Acción de Gracia. There
0: you go. Right, that sounds... Can't imagine Happy saying that to Happy day of thanks. <laughs> exactly. <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little longer. Yeah. i would be like, <laughs> I'm tired. I've <laughs> <You know? laughs> been cooking turkey all day. I just can't say it anymore.
1: <laughs> that is interesting because... Um, You know, in America, you just, I don't know, sometimes we just assume that the entire world does what we do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Forgive us for our, you know, egocentrism. (laughs) No,
3: its it's, it's, I love that holiday. I love Thanksgiving. So I celebrate it wherever I happen to be. That's fun. But maybe not the whole country.
1: Yeah. 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 No, that's cool, though. I like it.
0: Well, you're up here and uh, visiting your mom and your brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. are here this week, which is the first time in a long time you said they've been Mm -hmm. together. Yeah. We
3: haven't been all together in years. Wow. I don't even know how many years, but we were yes. all together. And what a great holiday for Thanksgiving to have us I love all it. together.
1: I love it. That's so cool. So, what was uh, something
0: fun you did yesterday outside of eating? Good food.
1: Yesterday. <laughs> well,
3: yesterday we started the day off with a true American turkey trot. I love oh, that yeah. tradition Oh, that's right I yeah. saw it right into your uh-huh. mom <laughs> Yes, that's right Yeah, <laughs> so we were out there Braving the cold Running some miles So that was a lot of fun We were
0: out there I didn't see you I saw your mom She was mm-hmm. so standing Yeah, yeah, side, yeah. So. She said, oh,
3: well here Yeah. Yeah. We were, me and my brother went to run and my awesome. mom said she hung out with the free donuts. So she yeah. enjoyed, she enjoyed her part of that. Fun for it everybody. Fun. It was good. No, but it was good. It was good to see people yeah. ran into people I went to high school with however many years ago. So that was fun. Feel like a little community of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that. for sure. And then straight home and to the pies and to the baking and, and, and to the whole Thanksgiving thing. Yeah. So it was always yeah, a lot of fun. The feast.
0: How many times did you eat yesterday? Cause I made a mistake and ate twice.
3: No, we only did one. We did, but we made it count. It was a full plate. It was.
0: Well, I made the first one count, and the second one was a half count. It was stupid. Oh, you know, it was no. extra.
1: <laughs> but it was
0: like a few hours later, but I was
1: like, oh, Still you know not I think- all that hungry. We were like, oh, it just sounds so good. I think good.
0: I'll eat tomorrow is Yeah, I'll do, is I'll just miss today. Yeah, no, I'm excited
3: for leftovers. I love Thanksgiving leftovers <laughs> yeah. today. Yeah, so
1: that's, that's gonna fun. Be good. Well, excellent.
0: So we're here to interview you and talk about... You know, as usual, the rest of our podcast is my life, my story. And we get the opportunity to not only hear about your youth and where you grew up and living in Franklin and living in Honduras and what took you to Honduras. And then, you know, at the end of this, the ministry and. We will have her link to her ministry website. So when you get done with this, if you're interested in supporting her in ministry, we're going to help you find the means to do so. So we're going to kick this thing off and let my lovely wife start asking the questions. I know, I get to ask one of that first. Well, well, we've already asked questions. It doesn't take as long.
1: So (laughs) we already cat out of the bag that you grew up here in Franklin. Mm -hmm. So if you will, just tell us a little bit about growing up. And you have... How many, like tell us a little bit about your siblings and Mm -hmm. stuff like that.
3: Yeah, sure. So I grew up here in Franklin all my life and I'm super grateful for that. I, I really enjoyed growing up here in the mountains, small town. Um, I have one older brother and then another younger brother and my younger sister. Um, and so we had a very, very, Calm, what I think American typical childhood, um, grew up here in small town. Um, we were all into sports. So we were that, you know, driving one kid here, driving another kid there, always busy. Um, but always would come home for family dinner at Mm -hmm. the end of the day. Um, so really thankful for that. I'm, I'm, I'm
1: grateful for that. Um, and yeah, um, other than that, I don't know childhood. <laughs> um, Seems like you were kind of like, are you the second oldest? I am. i what the I heard? second okay. oldest. All right. So I don't know if you're older, if your brothers like terrorize you with anything or you know, <laughs> try to pick at you or anything like that. I think like we that.
3: had the typical, typical brother-sister relationship. Yeah. We were all, especially now that we've all grown up, it's been fun to see how unique each one of us are. That's beautiful. Cool. For having the same um, upbringing mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and i mean all those years each one of us has such a distinct path and personality and likes and dislikes yeah um, so it makes thanksgiving and you a little, don't recognize
0: that as much when you're a kid no. i mean that's it, there's little glimmers of that mm-hmm. when you see a kid when they're younger how they might be in turn out mm-hmm. but it doesn't really come out until you know after those teen years it's funny you see people who come out of high school and you run into them At your 30 and 40-year-old reunions and you're like, wow, you really got into that. I can't, you know, you're into knitting or you motorcycles or you're... So everybody really doesn't find where they kind of go to until like late 20s and it's just... They all say the evolution of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I just never expected that out of you. So that's funny stuff to see.
1: Yeah, it is kind of fun. So, where um, do do any of your siblings still live here? Or, or do or you guys all live they in different don't. places? They okay. don't. Um,
3: my brothers live um, farther east in North Carolina, and my okay. sister is still in school. She's out in California. Oh, okay. So, it really is a big deal for us all to get together. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's a flight for a lot of us, driving mm-hmm. in for mm-hmm. a lot of us. So. Yeah. Cool, very good.
1: And you said you played sports. What I kind did. of sports were you into? I did
3: soccer all growing up. I did track. I did cross country.
1: Nice. Um, okay, so yeah. you really are a runner. <laughs> yes.
3: Well, I was. And then I stopped for about 12 years. Okay. And then I just recently got back into it. Oh, okay. um, especially like trail running, mountain running, which okay. is beautiful to run Honda and mountain trails oh. and then come mm-hmm. back and do it in my hometown. Yeah. Um, it's been That's a lot cool. of fun.
2: Yeah, yeah it's going um, be fun
0: we have that naturalist 25 50k run every year that starts out in Franklin and runs mm-hmm. all the way up to Wayabald. Oh my. Mm-hmm. So it's on it is trail running up steep mountains and back down. It's I have not done it. Don't think I will. But what a challenge for being able to do that some of that trail running that you're talking mm-hmm. about and then come here and do it in 30 and 15 miles and Yeah. Yeah, crazy uh, stuff.
1: I mean, I've, I've done a half marathon that was about
0: and we've hiked before you and i were hiking up in virginia at that where the miniature ponies are in the mountains
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: it was cold really cold oh my and these guys come running up the mountain i'm like that's probably the first in time the I noticed.
1: freezing wind yeah I'm so like, they're kind of... running
0: the trail but they're running it, and they're dressed like runners and i'm like yeah i'm this is crazy so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's like uh oh, we're thinking we're about to freeze to death and there they are just running through yeah. so <laughs> funny
0: stuff so when we were when you guys were little I do remember because I remember I know your mom and Mm -hmm. your dad, um, and they used to go to Holly Springs. Where Mm -hmm. I also, so I do discover with her in the morning. Then I go over and do the live video at Holly Springs. So I'm Mm -hmm. still at Holly Springs, and I remember when your family was there. I just don't remember the kids as much. So I knew when your mom, Annie, and were there. Do you remember Holly Springs?
3: I do, yeah. That was pretty much my church, I think, most of my time growing up. We went to different okay. churches when I was little, little, but mostly Holly Springs. I remember the the big fellowship hall and the, yeah. the, the potluck dinners and yeah. the Sunday school in the morning and, and all That's of awesome.
1: that. I have great memories of Holly Baptist Springs. Baptists like to yeah. eat. Uh, so. <laughs> <And> we do. Listen, <laughs> fellowship and food, I'm yes. telling you. yeah, Some good conversations come around. For good sure. Good food.
0: <laughs> so... High school here, also mm-hmm. middle grade. Your mom teaches mm-hmm. middle grade. Mm-hmm. Did you were you ever in her classes? I was like, was no,
3: she teaching when you were? That she age? she wasn't okay. teaching. She started back teaching when all of us were grown. Okay. And got to kind of yeah. out of the house. Um, but yeah, I grew up and and went to Trimont Christian mm-hmm. Academy for a while. Mm-hmm. Moved to the middle school to Franklin High School. Um, and just yesterday, I drove through Franklin High School again, and oh my goodness, it just brings back so many memories.
1: <laughs> it was it was wonderful. Yeah. That would be wild, like, to see. I I went to high school in California, Mm Southern California, and I don't think I've seen that high school pretty much since I graduated, which Mm -hmm. is a long time ago. But I think it would be fun, like, for us to just go to California and do, like, you know, see some sightseeing stuff, but just kind of drive through, like you said. I I wouldn't even recognize because I'm sure Franklin even has changed. I mean, as small town as it is. When you look around, I bet you're like, oh, my gosh, that used to be open space, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah,
3: no, it's changed a lot as far as like restaurant options mm-hmm. and grocery stores have just shuffled around yeah. and they're in different places now. And, and I, I remember growing up, the things we had to do were the bowling alley and the skating rink. Yeah. And those aren't and here so anymore. Sad, yeah. they're not
4: here
1: anymore. <laughs> and so that
0: makes it even, you know, the for the youth, there's not a lot here. Mm. For the adults, they're like, oh, there's lots to do here. But, you know, take yeah. those couple things away that, you know, that was for the kids, and that's, yeah. Yeah, kid things. So. But, yeah, yeah, I can imagine driving around Franklin, even from when I was a kid, because I've grown up in Franklin myself, and where it's gone from the small town and you want certain things – you're like, oh, we need to get bigger and add yeah. some things, but there's we also the other side. We need Starbucks, yeah. or we <laughs> need
1: this and that. We, we need we more need restaurants in here, but there's oh, also so the other side the of it because <laughs> you're
0: driving up the Hamburger Hill here in Franklin, mm-hmm. and all the traffic are building up right there, and you're like, oh, there's a two-edged sword to wanting mm-hmm. all these getting things a little and bigger. getting those things. So,
1: Yeah, you want the small-town feel with the big town option yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> it is tricky you can't have it all right right uh so i was gonna i was curious like when you were in high school did you kind of have an idea of what you wanted to do career-wise or um did you have a few options in mind or what where were you at in those years
3: yeah in high school i didn't have a very clear direction i mm. loved school i've always loved school mm. i've always loved learning in general um Studied a lot of science. Generally, science and math has been my my side. Stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah, I love it. I love it. So so that kind of led me into when I decided to go off to college. It's like, all right, I'm good at science. Let's study science. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but without a lot of direction, I yeah. wasn't really sure if am I going the medicine route, my going research route, all of that. Um, but yeah, that kind of started in high school. Um, and as well, I also had my first missions experience in high school. And so okay. that was a big deal. Yeah. Tell um, us I, about I wanna that. say that was about probably after my sophomore year, junior year mm-hmm. in high school. Um, and it's funny because in high school, I was the shyest person in the room. In any room I was in, I was always the shyest person, wow. the quietest person, not someone to like step out and do something new, step out and try something, take a risk. Um, and so for me. That first experience of stepping out and taking a risk was missions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I felt the call to do. I felt like the Lord was telling me I should do it, but I didn't really want to do it because <laughs> it felt very out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, so I think those experiences were super important for me mm-hmm. because they were first steps of obedience. It's like, all right, I don't want to do this. I know I need to, so I'm going to do it. Um, and, and so my very first time out of the country was El Salvador. Um, Didn't speak any Spanish at that point. And it was only a week. We went and I think we dug holes somewhere. I don't know what we did. (laughs) But it was such an important experience for me as a 15, 16, 17-year-old girl growing up in high school trying to figure out, all right, what is God's path for me? And so that Mm -hmm. was an experience that really marked me in high
0: school. So was that a church-led mission It was.
3: That was with First Alliance with my youth group. I had gotten really involved in the youth Mm -hmm. group there. Um, and so, signed up for that and 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 wow. went on it. And Probably had a really made a little bit easier experience. having
0: some of your friends also go on that exactly. trip. Exactly. You had to raise money for to make that trip.
3: If I remember correctly, yes. Yeah. Normally,
0: yeah. it's always interesting to see how you fundraised at that age versus how you fundraise yeah. now, because then oh, you're just yeah. looking for other people who can yeah help contribute, sell little, little, little things. Donation, yeah. sell, mm-hmm. I remember they used to sell those little candy bars for a dollar each, for just different kind of fundraisers and everything else. So. Just interesting to see how you fundraised then compared to how you, you'll talk about it later on. Mm-hmm. So that trip, I know you don't remember much about digging the holes or whatever it was <laughs> you did, but is there any highlights on that trip from your first one that you remember?
3: Mm, I mean, there were some funny moments with probably, I don't know how many there were of us, about 10 high schoolers who didn't speak a word of Spanish. Trying to navigate around and communicate through like essentially sign language (laughs) with Mm -hmm. um with the people around (laughs) us. But more than anything, I mean, those short-term trips aren't really about what we go and accomplish. It's about what we go and see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that time specifically apart to hear from the Lord and say, all right, like God is doing things Mm. all around the world. The world is not nearly as small as I thought it was. The world is not Franklin High School. It's not Franklin. It's not North Carolina. The world is huge. And to see how
1: God (laughs) kind of moves in that area, it, it's a really good starting mm. place to open it's, your eyes. It's good. I think that would be a, a good way to, to view God differently as well. You know, it's almost like when I see Lee in a different environment, it gets, I get to know him, like, oh, that's, you know, seeing him around his friends or around the family where I get to know a new aspect of him and you doing that. I don't know, it just things mm-hmm. like it would, because I've been on a couple mission trips too, but you're like, oh, God is everywhere. Like, exactly. and he's speaking and he loves all these folks as much as he loves me and just mm-hmm. that kind of thing where kind of, Get to see God in a new aspect, too. That's, that's pretty cool.
0: And now, a word from our sponsors.
1: This Team Libra podcast is brought to you by 8 to 8 Vibes.
0: There are countless opportunities to enjoy nature, nightlife, recurrent festivities, and much more in these beautiful, smoky mountains of western North Carolina. With 8 to 8 Vibes, we take you on multiple journeys in these Blue Ridge Mountains.
1: We highlight hiking opportunities through the mountains that take you up to beautiful heights, to the wonder of the seemingly endless waterfalls, and into some of the old forests with trees that have weathered the test of time.
0: If your journey requires more water-related activities, we can also show you the best kayaking spots, where to find paddleboards, and even fishing.
1: And let's not forget about lodging and food. Let us be your guide to some of the most unique and tasty local spots, as well as quality places to lodge while you're enjoying our beautiful mountains.
0: So whether it's hiking into the majestic forests,
1: walking along the road to nowhere or kayaking,
0: or checking out local breweries and events,
1: join us as we explore and highlight the mountain towns of North Carolina.
0: Visit 828vibes.com today.
1: This Team Libra podcast is brought to you by Journey of Faith and Hope. You don't have to look very far to recognize that this world can be a little crazy, and let's face it, there are a lot of people and things out there that tend to let us down. When there seems to be a lack of hope, where do you turn? My name is Deborah Clore and I'm with journeyoffaithandhope.com. On my website, we explore daily struggles and how my own relationship with God gives me the hope and tools I found helpful in navigating and bringing meaning to this often uncertain life. You'll find blogs and stories that you can relate to, That can bring encouragement as you travel on your own path. You'll also find a list of books that have been extremely helpful in my own walk with God, as well as information on how to enter a meaningful relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Make sure and check out journeyoffaithandhope.com today.
0: The Team Libra podcast is sponsored by Leaklore Designs. Small business owners have enough on their plates without having to worry about building and marketing a website. 92% of all searches are made on Google and 46% of those searches have a local search intent. They're looking for local services just like yours. That's where Leaklore Designs comes in. I specialize in small business websites, logos, online marketing, and graphics. I'll take care of everything for you so you can focus on running your business. And because I'm based in the mountains of North Carolina and Georgia, I understand the unique challenges small businesses face in the rural areas. My goal is to empower small business owners to succeed online. Contact that website guy at Lee Designs. Visit my website at leeclore.com. And welcome back to the show. So with those kids that you went on your first mission trip with, I don't know if you got a chance to see them any since you've been back or while you've been doing this new ministry. um, Have you had any interactions with them? They're like, oh, that first one was great. I'm glad to see you have moved on, you know, because you've grown and know so much more about that ministry versus what you knew then and all the rest of them. Have you had any interactions with that first group since you become full-time ministry?
3: Well, I haven't been back to El Salvador. Um, so I haven't had much connection yeah. there.
0: No, I mean the, um, the kids here that you went on the oh, trip with. So you run um, into some of your old high school friends and stuff that you went on that first trip.
3: With. Oh, I hardly even remember who was on that trip. <laughs> um, some of them were really good <clears throat> friends of mine and they're still really good friends of yeah, mine now. I, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that does, that feels like we were babies back then. That was forever ago, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is nice to still have a few friends here from here in Franklin mm-hmm. and, you know, high school just friends, you don't, you don't get you. new ones that for to have friends that long is right. a blessing. right? So your dad cool. was in
0: physical therapy, mm-hmm. <clears throat> probably still is. I know he had a big business here mm-hmm. at one time. He may still have it.
3: <clears throat>
0: did that physical therapy side have any, was you just like the math and science part of it, or did you feel kind of a draw to be moved towards that type of career health-wise, medical physical therapy stuff like that.
3: I yeah, I think that probably had something to do with it. My mom is also a science teacher, so it's yeah. like, <laughs> kind of feels like some of this might just be like yeah. genetic. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um but yeah, I was exposed to it a lot. It's yeah. always been an interest of mine and it still is even though mm-hmm. I didn't go that route. I still love love that side of
0: Yeah. So what about vacation. your brothers and your sisters in school? Mm-hmm. In California, your two brothers are out down east as mm-hmm. we'd call it, North Carolina. Um what did they eventually wind up doing?
3: Yeah. So you'll see how distinctly different all okay, of us I'm are. Okay, I'm excited. So my older brother studied computer engineering. Oh, wow. So the jobs he's had, I could not even begin to describe what he actually did. Those <laughs> mm-hmm. jobs. Um, my younger brother is, is now managing a hotel, went into kind of tourism and management and all of nice. that is excellent at what he does, loves what he does. Um, And my sister is just the superstar of the family, of course. She had to show (laughs) up because she's the youngest. So she's out at Stanford. She's um, finishing up her doctorate in environmental engineering.
2: Really? Working
3: on projects in India. She does Mm -hmm, a lot of travel mm -hmm. out there. She's traveled tons of places, working with a lot of things about access to clean water, hygiene, all that kind of stuff. Um, And she's just the superstar. Of the family, oh no, she's excellent, <laughs> excellent at what she does. So
1: no, but that's that is neat to see the differences, but just how you guys love what you do mm-hmm. and you know found that path. I think that's cool. So then, when you um, you said you you did study science in college remind us where you went mm-hmm. to college
3: yeah i went to unc at chapel hill okay loved my time out there yeah Tar hill through and through 100 <laughs> i hope you didn't catch the game yesterday because it didn't go we that well did Not
1: watch that and <laughs> we, we <did> and <laughs> he won't re-watch them i'm yeah. a baylor fan and i will totally re-watch a game they, mm-hmm. they won i won't watch it if they lost yeah, <laughs> so yeah. don't don't yeah.
2: catch that
3: one yeah we won't mess up that one <laughs> yeah but no i loved my time um again That's I cool. love I love to study I love education so mm-hmm. just really being there with some really, really bright minds soaking up everything I could. And yeah. I, I studied biology and chemistry. That was my focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and and still not really knowing where I was going with it. Right. I loved it. I loved all my classes. Had some really tough classes, but learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of a, about halfway through college that I kind of started to get a little more direction. Because that's yeah. when everybody,
4: mm-hmm. you're oh, getting sure. your
3: internships. You are kind of really pointing yourself what. Career you want after graduation, or you're looking at grad school, or right. this or that. Um, and I was getting very worried because I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, I have so many good options, thankfully, open to me. But yeah. I didn't really know where I was being called to go because right. I could choose an option, sure. But I really wanted to go where God. Mm -hmm. Had prepared for me.
1: yeah.
3: Um, And so throughout college, I kept doing mission trips over the summer. I was going to ask. And that is when the Honduras connection really, really began. Okay. Um, And it's completely a God thing. Mm -hmm. I went, I think it was after my freshman year in college, went on a short-term trip to Haiti. Mm Mm-hmm. Um and enjoyed it. It was like a week long. I not. don't remember what we did on that trip either, <laughs> honestly, but another good experience, yeah. eye-opening all of that. And so the next summer, I was like, I want to go back to Haiti. I've been mm-hmm. there before. I know the area. Excited to go back. Um, And that was... Right after, unfortunately, the um, oh. there was a major earthquake yeah. that hit Haiti really hard yes. and really made the country unstable, unsafe, not yeah. not really able to take visitors at that time. Yeah, um, so my trip was defaulted to Honduras. Lucky there. And I said, I don't know where Honduras is. <laughs> I don't know anything about Honduras. <laughs> I don't really want to go to Honduras. How funny! But if God had me sign up, He knew oh, it was going to get canceled. This is not a surprise. It's not messing up the plan.
1: Right. That's good perspective. And so I went, yeah. Yeah. And that was my very first Honduran experience. Okay. So then you were still in college, you said, mm-hmm. when you had that experience. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then when you went, was that, who? what organization, was it still like church? Like you were plugged in with a church there or what? It's an organization called Adventures and Missions in Georgia. They
3: do the okay. world race. They do a lot of short-term
1: trips. I so. had a roommate that did okay. that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So mm-hmm. I'm familiar with that. Oh, the
0: road race. or the, the world, world race. World race. So we mm-hmm. yeah, had Dusty Dills had done that mm-hmm. um, okay. and yep. went around the world, I yep. think, with yeah, they hit a, a lot bunch of, of things. He was, yeah. So I, I remember kind of tracking with him when he was going on those trips. So that was pretty neat.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, that's my connection to the world race. But yes, Interesting. <laughs>
1: Okay, so then when you... So you did that trip to Honduras, but then still were finishing school, Mm -hmm. correct? Okay, so then when you graduated college... What, like, where were you at then? Yeah,
3: I think my first trip to Honduras was after my sophomore
1: year, something like
3: that. Went for two months. Mm. Okay. Um, Had a really good experience. And then I wanted to go back after my junior year. Mm -hmm. So I went back just kind of on my own to volunteer with the same um, organization there on the ground in Honduras. Stayed Mm -hmm. for another two months. And really, that's kind of when I felt. The call, like, oh, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be for a significant amount wow. of time. Um, so at that point, when I came back after that trip, I only had one semester left.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, was able to graduate a little early, so I finished that semester. And at that point, I knew I was going back. Okay, um, I told everyone I was going back for a year.
1: Okay, um, so
3: that was that was kind of. Um, what I told family, at least. And like, sure. all right, I'm going to graduate, I'm going to go for a year, and then we'll figure out, am I yeah. going to grad school? Am I kind of, what am I doing? Right.
1: Um, right. And that and, was so on your own, like yes. communicating with that mm-hmm. group. Yeah, You're that like, was okay, directly. Okay, want to come and be there. Yeah, directly with the organization I volunteered with there. Okay. And how did your, I don't your parents and all that, how did that go when you kind of let everybody know? I mean, because, you know, she mm-hmm. sees you going on these trips, and I wonder if she kind of had an inkling, like, oh, She's doing this pretty often. <laughs> yeah. I don't
3: know if my mom expected. I think it was mm-hmm. still a surprise. And mm-hmm. and just in general, anyone who knew me, all my previous youth pastors, mm-hmm. again, I was the quietest girl. I was not the step out and do things girl. And so everyone was like, all right, like. I mean, that's cool, but we didn't expect it. You were I mean, I've been told you were the last person we expected to do this. How funny.
2: I
4: don't
3: know. I kind of like to, like
4: to yeah. surprise people <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think
3: it's kind of cool. Um, but I'm very grateful for an incredibly supportive mom. Yeah. Um, really throughout this whole journey from the beginning, even when my plans probably sounded crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can, I can go back and look at the journey and certainly the first few years. Oh, my goodness. It terrifies me to think about some of the things, <laughs> some of the experiences I had on the mission field. As a 20-year-old, yeah. recently graduated from college, um, yeah, I think any mom would have been terrified. But she never told me. She didn't tell me, come home. Right. She didn't doubt God's call. Yeah. Um, she supported me. She encouraged me. She advised me. Yeah. Um, and more importantly than anything, she just prayed for me. Yeah. I think I have no idea how many prayers she prayed mm-hmm. for me, but I'm sure it's a lot. And I yeah. know that that had um, a very strong influence on, yeah. on my time.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. So then, when you went down for a year, like, were you? Was there already a ministry kind of in intact that you kind of just joined in on? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, okay. there was a ministry there and started to volunteer there, and unfortunately, it wasn't an ideal experience. Okay. I learned a lot. Yeah. Um, through that ministry, I connected to the, the neighborhood where I now have mm-hmm. founded my own ministry. Yeah. Through that ministry, I met the children who are now my adopted children. Oh yeah. Um, so very, obviously very grateful for that time. Yeah. And through that ministry, I learned the importance of running ministry. Well, yeah, that there are a lot of temptations
4: mm.
3: um, that there are a lot of corners that look really nice to cut. Yeah. Um, but it's important to run a ministry well okay. in a way that glorifies God. That's um, good. And so I think although that first year and a half that mm-hmm. I ended up being at that ministry mm-hmm. was extremely tough, yeah. extremely difficult, especially at my age and just mm-hmm. wanting to see, oh, like it's a ministry, it must... Be things amazing. must be done yes. well and, and, and kind of perfect. <laughs> it, it was, I was thrown into a lot, but yeah. I'm very grateful
4: for that time. Yeah.
1: Now I'm also curious on the technical side, um, you know, for you to go down there for that long, like what kind of paperwork and stuff do you have to do anything with the U.S. or with Honduras? How is it working? to get that paperwork taken mm-hmm. care of and
3: yeah, not I getting thrown to, out
1: of a country. <laughs> exactly.
3: I had to apply for permanent residency. Okay. Um, for Honduras specifically, you get a 90-day visa the minute you land in the airport. So You can stay for 90 days. Um, but if you want to stay longer than that, you have to do a lot of paperwork, um, background checks and such and such, and lots of fees um, to do permanent residency. And that was... The process of doing permanent residency was one of my first big faith moments actually. Okay. In this process, because I remember obviously I was a young missionary support raising. Support raising is difficult. Mm-hmm. Especially when you don't have like a well founded this is what when you're still figuring out what you're doing, right. where you're going. It's a little bit harder Can to I just convince people. Have to, your
1: money while I figured this out? Exactly. <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, so that was and this is back in the days before social media was as mm-hmm. big as it was, I was physically writing and mailing support letters. Sure. Like this is a different time. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so I remember my, my visa was up mm-hmm. or about to be up and I needed to apply for a permanent residency. Um, five years of it, you get five years. Okay. And so it's a significant cost. It was, I want to say it was around between 500 and a thousand dollars. Um, and I had about whatever that cost was, that was exactly what I had in my bank account.
4: Wow! And I
3: was like, all right, God, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing this, Yeah. but it's going to feel really dumb if I pay for permanent residency and then immediately have to leave the country because I have no money.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah. And
3: so it's like, it doesn't look like it's going to work, but I'm going to take this step Wow! again, taking a step of, of obedience, mm-hmm. not really understanding why. Um, and so I did it. And I think it was like literally the next day. And I get a huge support check that oh comes my in my, And I was like, all right, God, lesson yes. learned. Like, I got it. Appreciate that. <laughs> faith built, lesson learned.
1: It's so funny. I remember people telling, uh, reminding me of the story. There's two stories of, of the faith thing. And shoot, there's one where Moses was supposed to speak and something happened. And then with Joshua, there's an instance where God told him to put his foot in the water. And then things parted. It was just mm-hmm. interesting how... It's it's different, you know, for each situation. Like sometimes God might show you a little bit before, but then sometimes He makes you actually take that step before that mm-hmm. next thing goes. You never know with God. It's definitely a wild, interesting ride.
4: It is. It <laughs> That's really is. It's pretty
1: cool. So then you got that um, permanent residency. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure there. Were, and then the support. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of a sigh of, Okay, now let me get to the practical side. Mm-hmm. But you were still with that yes. ministry at yes. the time. Okay. Yeah,
3: yeah, I was there for about a year and a half
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, until God really almost, I mean, I've almost never heard God's voice so clear
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, when He just made it very clear that that was not my ministry. Okay. That yeah. I, I was supposed to be there for that time. Okay. But after a year and a half, um, it was time to go out and, yeah. and, and, and found the ministry where I am now. Okay. And that was another big. Step of faith. At yeah. that point, I was twenty one. Mm-hmm. I was single mom to a six and an eight year old at that time. Yeah. Moving out of this ministry mm-hmm. to a house by myself yeah. and my children, yeah, um, in a foreign country, wow. and so that was that was a big step. Yeah, um, so at that, that part. Yeah.
0: So that is it. Makes me think of um, <clears throat> that first ministry before you make this big jump. So you pay the permanent residency you get the support check coming in, whatever that is, it takes, you know, I don't know how much it takes for you to live down there. But how does that work on the ministry side? Do you live with a lot of people and they're taken care of by food that way? Or are you pretty much your support checks supported you alone, um, food-wise and everything else? How do you guys eat down there in ministry? Because you're Try, some people probably aren't as successful at getting their support checks in and then so how are people taken care of in that whole ministry deal before you even start yours mm-hmm. this first group, how does that work?
3: Yeah, at that ministry um I want to say at that time, there were a couple other missionaries living there as mm-hmm. well. Um And then there was a couple who started the ministry. Okay. And so we would all kind of individually support raise, mm-hmm. and, and that would cover our individual costs, um kind of personal costs. But okay. also, the ministry was not fully funded. So okay. out of what we would raise personally, we would put towards kind of the share. ministry as well, okay. as, as okay. far as paying food for the entire family, transportation, okay. all those kind of things.
0: Okay. Um, then how does... um. Does that ministry direct what you're going to do there? Or do you found your own things? Do you start your own schools? Or are you just working with them in a school ministry? I mean, how does that, what does the ministry do and how are you kind of employed working, doing your ministry there in that first set?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ministry where I volunteered, their focus was somewhat as like a group home for okay. teenage boys. Okay. Um, so that was our focus. Okay. Apart from that, us as like volunteer missionaries had a little bit of flexibility as well. Okay. Like if God's calling us to do this or mm-hmm. or, or do this, we could um, kind of have a little bit of flexibility, which was nice. We could kind of explore mm-hmm. what God was individually calling us to do. Yeah. Um, not the best setup for a ministry. It's better mm-hmm. to have a little bit mm-hmm. of a, a more concrete,
1: more um, stronger or, leadership, okay. Okay. more
3: structure. Um, yeah. But in that in that case, it worked out well. Yeah. We could all kind of find our paths.
0: So around that youth. school that you're talking about, the ministry hand, what was the kind of things that you were feeling led to kind of support and do outside of that, as you said, Mm -hmm. on your own?
3: My focus became a lot um, working with the two young kids who are now um, my children, Mm -hmm. um, because there was not a strong supervision Mm -hmm. of the Mm -hmm. younger children, so I fell into that role. Um, A lot of the administrative things um, as far as the shopping and the cooking and the this, because at certain times we would have about 25 30 people including mm-hmm. the the teenagers and all the missionaries living there. Right. So cooking is a big task. Personless so we would be do a like lot an of, all day activity. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> we would do a lot of kind of the at home stuff. Mm-hmm. worked a lot with um, discipleship specifically with the the teenage girls who were there.
4: Because mm-hmm.
3: it was mostly boys and there was a smaller group of girls. Mm-hmm. So we would kind of me and another missionary who was there we would kind of pull them aside and really mm-hmm. focus on them and mm-hmm. and they were 12 13 14 at that time. So it's right. a really important age. For yeah. to sure. To be able For to pour sure,
4: into yeah. them. Yeah.
1: So you clearly had a heart for the young people, Mm -hmm. you know, and just wanting to, and I know when you were speaking at church on Sunday, you made it a point, you know, just the environment that you were in then, which I'll let you speak to, but Mm -hmm. then wanting to catch them early. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it would be a good time, but when, when you decided, Hey, I want to be here, but there's something else God's calling me to do Mm kind of walk us through like how, how that, transpired
3: yeah yeah so um after about a year and a half at that ministry um just feeling like i couldn't really serve in the way that god wanted me to Mm -hmm. um seeing a lot of things that i just could no longer support decisions that just did not glorify god but also i had no power to change Um, and that can be a frustrating feeling Mm -hmm. right um i want to do things well but i'm being told i can't um, and, and so uh, lots of time in prayer and lots mm-hmm. of time in frustrated prayer, like, God, what's going right. on? I didn't expect this. And now mm-hmm. I have these two kids leaving is not an option. Sure. Um, or I mean, it could have been, but to leave them behind in an environment that's not safe, not yeah. healthy. Um, I couldn't do that. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, but what's the option? Um, it was really hard for me to think about moving out cause that's scary. Sure. Um, but in the end, that was that was what God had for me. And
1: mm-hmm.
4: and
3: to see how He took care of us every step of the way is wow. incredible. Yeah. Um, from the day we moved out and as I was founding the ministry um, that I run now, it didn't start as a big organization. Mm-hmm. It started as me visiting this neighborhood um, that I had become connected to because some of the lots of the boys from the group home, that's where they were from. That's okay. where their families were from. That's where yeah. their moms and their sisters lived. Um, so I really want to get in there and not only minister to the young people, mm-hmm. but
1: the family as a whole. This Team Libra podcast is brought to you by 8 to 8 Vibes.
0: There are countless opportunities to enjoy nature, nightlife, recurrent festivities, and much more in these beautiful, smoky mountains of Western North Carolina. With 8 to 8 Vibes, we take you on multiple journeys in these Blue Ridge Mountains.
1: We highlight hiking opportunities through the mountains that take you up to beautiful heights, to the wonder of the seemingly endless waterfalls, and into some of the old forests with trees that have weathered the test of time.
0: If your journey requires more water-related activities, we can also show you the best kayaking spots, where to find paddleboards, and even fishing.
1: And let's not forget about lodging and food. Let us be your guide to some of the most unique and tasty local spots, as well as quality places to lodge while you're enjoying our beautiful mountains.
0: So whether it's hiking into the majestic forests,
1: walking along the road to nowhere or kayaking,
0: or checking out local breweries and events,
1: join us as we explore and highlight the mountain towns of North Carolina.
0: Visit 828 vibescom today.
3: Um, that really became our focus. So we okay. started. I started visiting families there, mm-hmm. um, and it's a, a neighborhood that you can only go in if you have an in. Okay, if you somebody knows you, you can't yeah. just walk in there and walk around. Hey Certainly guys, as a, <laughs> as a young white woman, that's sure. not ideal. Sure. Um, so so that was my in, and we would go in and visit and just get to know the place. A lot yeah. of my first year or so working in that neighborhood was sitting and talking and listening Mm -hmm. um it wasn't jumping in and doing and all right this is the plan yeah come on guys let's do this (laughs) um yeah it was it was learning and listening and still learning the language yeah Um, it took a couple years to get completely fluent in spanish which Mm -hmm. is important to be able to take care of myself um and just getting set up
0: yeah so before we jump into that full mission that you i was gonna say i had a couple
1: questions that spurred off of that I'm, i'm thinking i'm
0: thinking that um i want to not miss the opportunity for you to talk about your two children. Yeah, that that was one of them. Because I'm like, how did this come to be? Yeah. I mean, how, why, when, where, you know, all that stuff Mm -hmm. about the two children, because it's very important in your life right now. And they're up here visiting, and we're going to get into that fun stuff here later on. But the story of your two
3: children and you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could talk about that for days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yes, very grateful for my two children um, and the way God put us together. It was not my plan to go and become a mom at such a young age, um, but God very mm. clearly placed them in how my life. You,
0: how old were you at this time? When
3: when the... I met them, I was 20. Okay, yeah. good. I was 20. They were five and seven, mm. um, and we didn't necessarily know from the beginning that we were headed towards adoption mm-hmm. um, in the beginning. And they just they needed extra support. Yeah. Um, and so I was able to give that to them and, and make sure they were in school. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into super detail about their story because that's their right, story. Right, sure, right, sure. Yep. Um and if they want to share that one day, and they do with certain they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they do. Um, <laughs> but um God places together. Yeah. And they didn't have anyone able and willing to mm-hmm. to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um and so God God worked that out, yeah. and so we've we became a family
4: mm-hmm.
3: ten years ago, way yeah. before the adoption was final. I was going to say, yeah, and we've lived as a family ever since, yeah, um, yeah. And that has been a gift because, mm-hmm. I mean, adoption is beautiful at what oh whatever age, yeah, absolutely. But to have gone through everything we've gone through together wow. is beautiful. First days of school, um, all the the milestones and yeah. the this and the that, and we've we've had a full life together, even yeah. though and maybe I didn't meet them I don't never saw their baby pictures you Sure. Know, never saw them that small but we've lived a full life together and I'm That's very awesome. grateful for that and and like you mentioned at this point they are currently here in the states with me for the very first time yeah and, huge. and now they're 15 and 18 they're wow. pretty much on oh all my grown goodness
2: it, oh, it's I'm getting incredible goosebumps all it's over. incredible
3: it's been a whole decade yeah um yeah. bringing us to this point our mm-hmm. adoption was finalized in March of this year March of 2023 okay. yeah um after a really long journey adoption in honduras is very slow Mm -hmm. and in some ways it should be and you got you got to make sure everything is fully investigated and done correctly yeah but also we were trying to do the adoption through a pandemic so that exactly everything down yeah yeah um, through some health struggles of mine which also slowed things down yeah Um, but in the end the adoption was finalized about three months before my son's 18th birthday
4: oh which after
3: his 18th birthday it would not have been able to be completed. Wow. So, I mean, that is a huge testimony to God's timing and God's faithfulness. Right. And, and while I was worried and stressed, he's like, no, I got it. That yeah. will three months early. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. we're very blessed.
1: I was just thinking about God's timing and all that. And that's just so crazy to, to trust that and be mm-hmm. like, okay. Like you said before, like God's not surprised. He did. Mm-hmm. Well, and also the tricky thing about that is that God's, allowing us as humans to have free will, including the folks that work in Honduras and make those laws and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, "I'm they still can have their free will and I'm going to mm-hmm. use this, that, and the other. But yet I still see that end and I can make it happen. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to also allow them to have their free will. Ooh, it just blows my mind where mm-hmm. all that stuff he has to work through. I'm <laughs> grateful
3: because we know a lot of other families who are adopting. We mm-hmm. we have a lot of adoptive families mm-hmm. in our community. Yeah. And some of them as they go through that years long wait, they're mm-hmm. separated. Oh, the wow. families in the US and the children are still in Honduras. Yeah. Um or for whatever reason they're separate and can't be together until the adoption wow. is complete. I I'm extremely grateful that we didn't miss a day. We yeah. didn't miss a year. We didn't miss anything together. Right. Um, because while we were waiting and we were sometimes patiently waiting, sometimes impatiently yeah. waiting, <laughs> right. but we were together. We were yeah. family already.
1: I love that. That's awesome. So then um, you, I know again, just from some of your testimony, like you did not bring a troop of Americans over to Honduras to like set up camp or whatever. Like you really, like you were talking about getting to know the community and working with, folks there that were already teachers and ministers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So who were some of those folks that you got to meet while you were starting that? Or how, or how do even did that ministry? You'd be like, okay, here is officially the start of this ministry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what was about quite that black and white, but if, yeah, if you'll talk a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, it was very much a process. We didn't have a ministry name for the longest time. It was just, <laughs> it was just me. Um, and in the beginning, uh, the first person who started kind of helping me out in ministry was a young man who, was part of that group home from mm-hmm. before. So he was from that community and wow. he would just he would go in with me.
4: Yeah.
3: Um to the community to walk around. He knew the people. He knew where to find people. Mm-hmm. Um and so and in the beginning we really identified education as a great okay. area where we could support. So that became the ministry's focus. Um because going into neighborhoods like this where extreme poverty is all around you, um there's a lot of kind of family problems, brokenness, violence, you could f- find a lot of different things to focus on. Gotcha. You could address medical needs. Mm-hmm. You could do family counseling. Um you could have a feeding program. You right. could do so many different things. But if you do a tiny bit of everything, you're probably not doing any of those things really well or really effectively. Gotcha. Um so education became our thing. That was our focus. And I think the first year we helped maybe about 10 to 12 kids Stay in school. Mm-hmm. We helped them get their uniforms, helped them get their school supplies, figured out all the registration with the school. Um, and that was what we did. Mm-hmm. And we were super excited. Um, and from then it just it exploded. It mm-hmm. grew. Um, every year we were able to sponsor more and more children. Yeah. Um, and through that, like you were saying, we started meeting more and more locals who were incredibly talented yeah. um and 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 blessed to be able to help the ministry as well. So we we met one of um, the woman who's now a teacher with us, mm-hmm. um, one of our tutors. A few years later, we met another woman who is trained as a teacher, worked yeah. as a teacher, um, and now teaching for the ministry. Um, and so as of now, we are only, we're a team of three. Okay. Of three, three women, three moms. Okay. Um, managing a ministry that has, has grown tremendously. But I love, um, having, People from the community serve the ministry. Right. Um, they have unique abilities that I don't have and mm-hmm. cannot learn. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't get those abilities. They know what it's like to grow up in that neighborhood. They mm-hmm. know the experiences yeah. that our children are going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they can speak into that. They can yeah. share their testimony. And and all of our testimonies are powerful. Sure. Um, and God can connect those in really cool ways. But there is something about a testimony that is directly. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you. I, I see what yeah. you're going through. And this is what God did for me when I was in that physical same spot. Right. Um, so they're a blessing to have.
0: Yeah. So you teach. I, I'm hearing the first 10 kids that you guys took care of that you sponsored them, helped register them for school. So they have schools there. Are you guys running the school or you're just helping sponsor kids and helping them in an existing school?
3: As of right now, um, I'll give kind of the overview. We sponsor about 200 kids that attend public schools. Okay. okay. Um, so we help them out with all, everything they need to go to school. It's okay. very unlike the U.S. school system where generally you just kind of show up and you're in. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to provide a lot of things. In Honduras to go to school, you have to have multiple uniforms, specific uniforms, specific shoes, um, you have a school supply list that you have to bring to the school and it's not a notebook and a pencil. Um, it's generally somewhere around 10 notebooks, lots of different yeah. pencils, fancy types of paper um, and supplies for the school. You uh-huh. have to bring them toilet paper and bleach and um, cleaning supplies yeah. and all kinds of stuff. Right, um, And even in those schools, if you have an exam, you have to pay the day of your exam to pay for the paper that your exam is printed on. Wow. It's, I mean, it's, you have to pay for water for the school. You have to yeah. pay the guard out front of the school. Um, you, if there's a helper in your classroom, like a first grade classroom mm-hmm. with 30 kids, they need a helper to help take the kids to the bathroom and such and such. Um, so you have to pay right. that helper that's not provided by the government. Right. Um, so all those costs add up and make it, even though it's a public school, we're not sending this kid to private school. Right. We're just helping them simply get into the school system right. um, and help them there. and then. As far as the small um, place that we run, it's it's more of a tutoring center. Okay. Um, okay. And we have that open to anyone in the community, not just kids that we sponsor. Mm-hmm. We like to keep that open. Certainly... Um, getting recommendations from the teachers at the public schools when they spot a kid that needs extra help, send them our way, they're welcome. Um, And so in that tutoring center, we have about 90 kids right now. We have different classes throughout the day, in the morning, in the afternoon. We like to keep our class sizes small Mm
4: -hmm.
3: um, because the kids that um, come to our tutoring center are generally there for one of two reasons. Um, One would be because they're significantly behind grade level um, which we find a lot. We have kids in third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade mm-hmm. that never learned to read. Right. That might not even be able to write their name. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happens to those kids is they get to a certain level and they give up. Sure. They're embarrassed because everyone around them knows mm-hmm. way more than they right. do and they just right. don't get it. And so they drop out. Right. Um, and we want to prevent that. We want to encourage those kids. Those kids usually come to us super discouraged and embarrassed and, and no, we're all here to learn whatever, mm-hmm. whatever size you are, whatever grade you're in, we're all at the same level yeah. and we learn together. Yeah. Um, and then the other reason we take kids into that class as well is, Um, if they come from a particularly difficult home life where Mm -hmm. they need a place to be after school, um, they need that extra support. They need some help with homework because there's no one at home to help them with that. Mm -hmm. And just a place where they can be loved by our teachers. Our teachers are incredible, um, (laughs) encouraged. Um, they get a small, a small breakfast every day. Um, we give to that class as well. Um, Bible classes just to Mm -hmm. really teach them. Um, about the Lord, that yeah. they have that love, not only from me, not yeah. from our teachers, but their heavenly Father loves them and, and is taking care of them and providing yeah. for them. So, yeah, um, so that's kind of that
1: class for us. Yeah, and you hear a lot of folks who are in the ministry talking about, yes, we want to share the love of God, but we also want to get those physical, immediate needs met. And then, like you talk so much about relationship, mm-hmm. you know, like getting to know them, listening to their story, and all that. And to me, I just think God uses that. To open that door, you mm-hmm. know, where now you have a relationship with them and now, you know, they're not starving where you're trying to, oh, but God loves you, you know, mm-hmm. which is great. But, you know, it's yeah. so that's pretty cool, yeah. you know, just how you guys are meeting Definitely. those needs. We, I keep it in all. Terry, eyed. stop it. <laughs> we do. We, we've I always, mean, just, yeah.
3: Like you were saying, we've always, I mean, we do a lot of practical things. Yeah. Um, but we don't lose sight of, the spiritual in mm. that, and all those kids we sponsor, the 200 plus kids, all the tutoring kids, um, we on a regular basis visit individually with each of their families, mm-hmm. climbing up the mountain, making oh. it to all these different <laughs> homes. That's what, more than anything, that's what I dedicate yeah. a lot of my time to. Okay, While the teachers are teaching. Yeah. I'm doing the home visits because. The, the practical support is a foot in the door. Mm-hmm. It's not the end all. It's not going to save their life. Um, but it, it's how we can start a relationship with these families, right. um, who are going through uniquely difficult situations. And so we can celebrate with them. We mm-hmm. can pray with them. We can encourage them. We can, um, help them as they become healthier families.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, because we are well aware of the fact that our influence on these kids is temporary. Right. Um, we'll have them for a couple hours a day. We'll have them for a few years out of their life. But their long-term support system is their family right. um, and their, their their relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So as we help these kids, we want it to be a long-term thing. If right. we can empower the families to support their kids well, um, to know the Lord, to follow His direction um, in their interactions and in the way they raise their children. That's what's going to
1: change these kids' lives. Mm-hmm. This Team Libra podcast is brought to you by Journey of Faith and Hope. You don't have to look very far to recognize that this world can be a little crazy. And let's face it, there are a lot of people and things out there that tend to let us down. When there seems to be a lack of hope, where do you turn? My name is Deborah Clore and I'm with journeyoffaithandhope.com. On my website, we explore daily struggles and how my own relationship with God gives me the hope and tools I found helpful in navigating and bringing meaning to this often uncertain life. You'll find blogs and stories that you can relate to that can bring encouragement as you travel on your own path. You'll also find a list of books that have been extremely helpful in my own walk with God, as well as information on how to enter a meaningful relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Make sure and check out com today.
0: So you're starting this new ministry. I'm going back and forth. <clears throat> and eventually it becomes Future of Hope Family Ministry. Mm-hmm. But in the very beginning, there's no name. You just have this goal of wanting to run things the way you need to run it. So it's done what you believe to be is right. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got two children that you've adopted or trying to adopt, and they're going with you. So you're taking this big leap of faith, and there has to be huge hurdles besides just getting money in of making this happen, even in in a country that you'd seem to be less red tape. There's probably as much red tape anywhere, (laughs) especially with people taking money on the side and all this Mm. stuff. What's it take for you? What's some of the biggest hurdles you faced in the very beginning of this new ministry of yours?
3: Yeah, oh, they were there were numerous. <laughs> how um, long do we have? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean the first one was just figuring out to how to do things logistically, culturally, the language, everything was different. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's not it's not the same and even just finding my way around the city.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, in the beginning when I first moved out, I didn't even have a car. So I was Grocery shopping on public buses in Honduras wow. with my two small children. Yeah. And if anyone's listening, don't do that. It's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. It's a really bad idea. Yeah. And God took great care of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was hard. It was really hard. Everything was hard, whether it was any, any little paperwork thing I had to do and just yeah. knowing how to do it and where to go and what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and just feeling. By myself. Um, And it's one thing to be on your own, but it's another thing to be on your own and responsible for other Mm -hmm. people. Um, So that was um, a time when I really had to rely on the Lord. Um, and I think that time helped to grow my relationship with the Lord a lot because I was very aware of the fact that I couldn't take care of myself.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: everything that got done was because God helped me do it. Right. God opened the door to find a safe place for us to live. Mm-hmm. God opened the door to help us find a car eventually and have the funds to pay for that. Mm-hmm. Um, God opened the door to help us find an English-speaking church with a missionary community, oh, wow, yeah. people who could help us with these things that we had no idea how to do, mm-hmm. who could start loving my kids and, and invite. Them into that community, um, but yeah, nothing, nothing was easy. And as far as ministry, getting into that community is a hurdle, mm-hmm. hurdle of itself. Um, getting people used to seeing my face,
4: yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
3: It's a community that is run by the gangs, unfortunately. Okay. Um, So it's extremely dangerous. Um, If they don't want you there, you're not going or you're not leaving. Um, And so just knowing how to navigate that Mm -hmm. um, in a way that's respectful, Mm -hmm. um, but it's also not going in and paying the gang the bribe they asked for, because that's not a glorifying way, a God-glorifying way to use ministry funds either, obviously. Um, So how to navigate those relationships and and just build a lot of faith, um, build a lot of... Um, the, the, I I always mentioned back in high school when I was going through that, just very, very shy and timid phase, the prayer that God had me pray was the God, the prayer that God had me pray was for boldness. I Mm. wanted to learn to be bold. I felt like I was going to need that at some point in my life and I did not (laughs) feel bold. Um, Yeah. And those years I needed to
4: be bold.
0: Well, that's just it. I mean, you're a shy kid in a small high school in Franklin, North Carolina, in a very safe environment. Um, you knew all your friends, our school is around 2000 kids, you know, or thousand kids, excuse Mm me. So, you know, all the kids in your class, pretty much, you might, may not be best friends with them, but you know, pretty much everybody in your same grade. And here you are at 20, 21 years old going into a community, probably the only white woman in that community, Mm -hmm. very dangerous community around the gangs who control everything. And you're saying you don't pay what they ask you to pay. I mean, this is all so interesting to know. How do you navigate that? You don't pay. So do they just say, ah, okay, never mind. Don't worry about it. I mean, it had to be a lot of dangerous moments and a lot of times when you're thinking, Oh, I messed up right here or something. This is not a good situation. I'm in, but you just had to push through. What kind of moments did you have like that?
3: Mm -hmm. Um, as I was getting to know that community, um, I relied a lot on kind of just, just really learning to obey the voice of the Lord. Because mm-hmm. there would be days that I would or weeks that I would plan in, all right, such and such days. I'm gonna be in the community. But if I wake up with this yeah. like this feeling of like, yeah. no, I don't think I should right. here today. And Maybe then later today. on, yeah, you hear that something happened. Um, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, I mean, throughout all my 10 years, the the levels of violence go up and down. Yeah. Um, things happen, things calm down. Um but I mean, I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> um, yeah, just just really um, listening, not only, well, first and foremost, listening to the Lord, mm-hmm. but also listening to our local partners, okay. the people who, who live there, who mm-hmm. serve there, um, such and such happened, you need to stay away from such and such area gotcha. for a while. Yeah. Um, but there's, I don't know, there's a certain divine protection mm-hmm. that the Lord gives us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've walked through places, I've sat in homes where where I know there's just a presence of a lot of yeah. evil.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, but God is bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think it, it's the best testimony in the world for this random 20-something white girl <laughs> to be able to come in and serve in this place. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I really, if there's anything I want people listening to understand, is there might be another shy high school girl listening mm-hmm. Where you think, oh, I'm not equipped for that. I yeah. can't do that. God can use you for whatever. Right. Um, and when He does, when He used me, is continue to using me. Um, it's very clear that it's God, right? Because I was not this super equipped and and bold person planning since I was five to become a missionary. <laughs> right, was, right. Right. There are people like that. Yeah. But, but that's not me. Like it, mm-hmm. it has all been God. And and in the community where I serve, it's all God protecting me. I walk around that community. A lot of times by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I've got things to do, places to be, but I've never once been threatened. I've never okay. once had anything stolen from me in that community. Yeah. nothing happened to my car. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a huge testimony because sure. in, in that country specifically in in that neighborhood, when you look at American, you automatically see money. yeah, um, or that's what, that's what people see, that's what they assume. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's tempting. Mm-hmm. when when you're living in extreme poverty or when you're a member of this gang and you dedicate your life to to crime and violence mm-hmm. um i'm an easy target i'm not walking around with any sort of self defense protection and- exactly yeah. <laughs> um it's, it's it's the lord yeah.
4: how
0: much of mm-hmm. what you do with these kids does sometimes the gangs think that you're more of a threat to them Is it ever, Do they th- do they see you as helping because they can't get out them. They never get out themselves, or do they see mm-hmm. them as you providing these kids opportunities that may take them away from being also members of that gang. I can imagine that would make you a threat too.
3: From my experience, they have um, a lot of respect for what we do. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of hit it on the head when you said once they're in it. I th- I don't think most people at least who've been in the gang a long time, they don't want that for their Mm. nieces and nephews. They don't want that for their children because they know what that's like. They're in it. They got stuck in it. Um, They didn't, you know, maybe see that they had other options or Mm -hmm. other paths. Mm -hmm. But once you're in it, you don't want that for your family. Mm. Um, And the way that families are so interconnected in that neighborhood, Mm -hmm. a lot of the children we sponsor are children, from these families right. um, that have, and those children are probably the most important to to help because it within their family, within their household, they have. Um, certain paths that everyone else in their family has followed. And right. so it would be so easy, so expected of them to follow that. Mm-hmm. So to break that cycle mm-hmm. um, takes effort, takes someone else coming in and saying, all right, let's look at this option. You are equipped for this option. God created you like this to be a leader, but mm-hmm. what kind of leader do you want to be? Right. Um, what do you want to lead your community to do? Because um, you very clearly have a, that option. You can be an excellent leader, Somewhere (laughs) for, for, for the destruction of your community, the destruction of your life, or you can lead people and say, Hey, let's do this differently. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want my community to look like this. I don't want my community to have this reputation, Mm -hmm. um, to be just looked down upon by the rest of the city. And, Oh, you're from there. can't give you a job because they're Mm -hmm. not trustworthy. You might be connected to someone, because um, that's a, the reputation the community has right now. Okay. Nobody wants to go there. Nobody wants to be affiliated with people from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am very confident ever since the beginning of this ministry that God is going to flip that upside down in an incredible way. That's awesome. This place that had the worst reputation mm-hmm. is going to become a light to the city. Um, and that's a transformation that takes generations.
1: Sure. We're mm-hmm. not going to see yeah. that
3: in a year. We're not going right. to see that in five years. I'm not going to see that in 10 years. Mm-hmm. I might not ever see it um but our ministry is planting the seeds Mm -hmm. full of faith that that's going to happen um in 20 years 50 years whatever it takes but it's going to be incredible and god's going to get the glory when it does
1: yeah
0: The Team Libra podcast is sponsored by Leaklor Designs. Small business owners have enough on their plates without having to worry about building and marketing a website. 92% of all searches are made on Google and 46% of those searches have a local search intent. They're looking for local services just like yours. That's where Leaklor Designs comes in. I specialize in small business websites, logos, online marketing, and graphics. I'll take care of everything for you so you can focus on running your business. And because I'm based in the mountains of North Carolina and Georgia, I understand the unique challenges small businesses face in the rural areas. My goal is to empower small business owners to succeed online. Contact that website guy at Lee Designs. Visit my website at leeclore.com. With these kids that you're educating, or you're not educating Sponsors. You're sponsoring. Your sponsoring. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps them with the opportunity to stay in school and most likely graduate because they had all these hurdles they mm-hmm. couldn't get through before they drop out. Their only option after that is probably join the gangs. So with that education from these kids that you're sponsoring and them more opportunities, is there like a percentage of, like, once they get that high school education, does their chances of employment considerably go up? I mean, what, is, what, yeah, what does that kid become? How much better ha- chance does he not wind up in his regular life pattern and he becomes a different person mm. or she, either way?
3: It's huge. It's really huge. Um, we Well, we just had 12 graduate last year. We were super excited to celebrate with them. Yeah. And so we've gotten to see them this year kind of walk through what life after graduation mm-hmm, looks like. Mm-hmm. And almost all of them have found um Uh, long-term employment permanent positions um and positions that pay them well for that country Mm -hmm. Um, without a high school degree you can if you're a woman you're probably going to be cleaning houses Mm -hmm. um or if you're a young man probably um like helping in construction in some way but like the lowest level level of helper you're not a contractor you're not any of that right um and so and so you don't get what is a living wage? You can't pay your bills. Certainly can't pay your bills when you grow up and have a family and, right. and support kids. your
1: own kids and to the, go exactly. to school. Yeah. So that,
3: that's why that cycle of poverty just repeats mm-hmm. and repeats and repeats. Yeah. Um, and so by these kids getting their education, a lot of them are looking at university as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they want to you know get, get settled in their job and then mm-hmm. be able to pay their way through school, wow. which is super possible in Honduras with that's the price awesome. of, of higher education. Good. Um, And it's just, it's, we think forward to the next generation as mm-hmm. well. As these kids um, start their families, they are probably going to insist that their kids also graduate high yeah. school, um, <laughs> also aim mm-hmm. higher, yeah. also yeah, stay clean, See the stay off yeah. certain paths. Um, and so that's why I'm saying this ministry is, is going to take a long
4: time. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, we're still in the seed planting phase, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Um, but it's all about changing those cycles. Cause once you break a cycle and establish a new cycle, a new cycle. oh, it's beautiful. Cause it's yeah. so easy to stay now in that good cycle. Right. It's the breaking the, transition, the cycle yeah. that, that takes, takes serious work.
1: Yeah. So where are your kids at school wise?
3: my kids my son is graduating high school this year okay Ooh, i was wondering where he's at <laughs> and my daughter graduates next year oh my god so we are in the phase of looking at college oh. and there or here or yeah. where and you wow. want to study and i don't feel ready to be here <laughs> i don't feel like i should be here yet mm-hmm, but we are
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's crazy um Oh, there's something else I was going to ask. Oh, are there, did they have career aspirations? Or can you see kind of what they're good at, what they're passionate about? Or are they still, which I mean, I know mm-hmm. it. could. I, I got a pre-med biology and I'm a teacher, which I love. Mm-hmm. But I was telling Lee, if I had gone in education, I would have hated it. Mm-hmm. Because all that teacher stuff, sorry, teachers, but the stuff they make you do, it's like, to me, it seems a lot of it's irrelevant. But anyway, so I was just curious, like what kind of passions that mm-hmm. they have or what could you maybe yeah. see them doing
3: they're still pretty undecided yeah um my son he's looking into something about like architecture engineering something mm-hmm. like that he's mm-hmm. got a good kind of like design slash math
4: yeah cool so i feel
3: like that would suit That's him cool. well yeah um my daughter is she's she's had a lot of different aspirations over the yeah. years yeah um cool. she she's an animal lover uh-huh. so she could go to like vet medicine or something like that mm-hmm. um, but she's still very undecided she's Oh, sure. Time. she, she wanted to her... be a dentist a few years ago so <laughs> I don't know hey you never know she's, just, she's going back and forth but I love it we'll, but we'll, we'll the out fit, yeah. get there. Now that's the path yeah that's
1: exciting
0: in Honduras going that dental side of it I mean is it just a four year degree or like here you go to school for four years and then you've got to get into a dental school which is another it's four, like you four years you start over like again huge amount of cost <laughs> Hundred, two hundred thousand dollars, three hundred thousand dollars to go through dental school. Is becoming a dentist down there a little bit easier, like that first four years of college, or is it still a beyond college? I mean, you're looking at huge amounts of money.
3: I think that particular career is about, I think it's about six years in the university. Okay. Engineering degrees are generally five ish, five to six. Um, so it is set up a little bit differently. It's not that, you know, like you said, you get your first degree and then you mm-hmm. apply somewhere else. Generally, yeah. it's all together. Okay. But it does take – it's a significant yeah, significant um, amount of time. And obviously, we're balancing the thought of, you know, where will it be best for yeah. them to get their education. Sure. Because um, certainly – the 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 weight of a U.S. degree mm-hmm. is worth a lot. Okay, um, thankfully there are some excellent colleges here. Yeah, um, but also you pay that price. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um, if if you go that route, yeah, so,
1: for so. sure. We're- so, because I know your mom, I know that she does get to go visit you guys. So, tell us a little bit about you know her, and I didn't know if any of your siblings have been mm-hmm. able to come visit. Like, what is that kind of like to have your family come visit you oh, it's when you're wonderful. there? Wonderful. <laughs> we
3: we love all the family visits. My mom has come down just about once a year, okay? Um, since I have been in Honduras, so she has seen the full journey. She oh, saw wow. that first ministry. Yeah, she saw when we were in our first little home, just me mm-hmm. and the kids. She, mm-hmm. She's. Sees where we are now. Um, and it is an adventure for her. Yeah. Um, just everything, the the heat, the driving, <laughs> the, the roads are crazy. Um, flying into our airport, okay. which used to be a notoriously not fun to fly an airport. Mm-hmm. We had a tiny runway. Um, all of that, <laughs> the food. Yeah. Um, but she has been so just willing to take it as yeah. an adventure. Yeah. Um, and so it's been great because she's been able to build that relationship mm-hmm. with the kids over the years. She's, yeah. She's not new to them. Um, she's, she's seen them every year. And yeah, my sister has visited pretty consistently as well. Okay. Um, and then one of my brothers also went down one Okay, year, So they kind of knew everybody but this trip was them meeting one of my brothers for the Mm -hmm. very first time Mm -hmm. certainly to have us all together that was the very first time
1: Right, Um, and they've been loving it I'm so glad they've been enjoying it yeah now did you did you feel like you had to do any like kind of pre-prep to let them know like about what it might be like or did I don't know I didn't know if you felt the need to do that or just like ah let's just go and
3: yeah, we've been talking about it for a while. Okay, um, for years. Okay, we wanted okay. To be able to come. Yeah, um, and just certain things about I don't know, like the restaurants yeah. I grew up eating and such yeah. and such, and and it, they speak good English, mm-hmm. but it's still different to speak English all day, every day, right? Um, especially hearing that good old Southern accent. Gosh, <laughs> y'all's English is a little different, <laughs> um, but like it's what? just It's been so fun. Oh, cool. um, it's been so so much fun.
1: Yeah. Well, i'm so excited so
0: one of the final questions i think i have has been on my list here is so you started out missionary work and which means you've gone to some places that's directed ministry and it's brought in kids to get a taste and a feel of what it's being out there and serving the lord have you being the one person you have a couple people it's part of your ministry but you being the one tied to the united states have you had a missionary group come down there that you kind oh. of work through or have you got aspirations of future maybe trying to encourage a group of kids to come to your area and serve for a week long?
3: We have. We've been thinking about that a lot in the past few years mm-hmm. um, and we get that question a lot. A mm-hmm. lot of people do want to come and see and that's super exciting because right. it is a very... Um, important way to get involved in ministry.
2: Mm-hmm. We
3: had planned for a group to come down in the summer of 2020,
2: mm-hmm. which obviously okay, 2020, didn't, yeah. that yeah. didn't happen. Say
3: no more. Exactly. Um, and so we're we're thinking about revisiting that. We okay. want to have that open. Um, our biggest goal right now as a ministry is we're trying to build um, a, a larger center, a community center, where okay. we will be able to house um, all of our tutoring programs, okay. our counseling programs, all of that. Because currently we are busting at the seams of the space we okay. have right now, um, and once we get that built, it will be much easier to bring teams down. Gotcha. Because we'll have one central spot we can bring them. It's a safe place. Okay. Um, so they can do VBS. They can do yeah. a, a, a mother's oh, retreat. They can yeah. do, or they can help paint and and, yeah. and kind of help with the building process. Um, but we do, we, we would like to be able to share that experience because I know personally how powerful it is.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. So I know we definitely want to have you share with us again, like, you know, website information. And I guess I assume when they go to the website, if they're wanting to support and know Mm -hmm. what you guys are doing to specifically know how to pray and stay in touch with you. I assume that stuff is on the website. Yes, yes. Okay, so remind us what that is, and we'll, of course, have it written Mm -hmm. in the description. Yeah,
3: our website is just Um, www.futureofhopefamilyministry.com. And so on there, you can get all the information you like. And and like you said, um, we rely completely on donations, Mm -hmm. our entire ministry. Um, and the pretty cool part is that most of our donations come from here in Franklin. Wow. Um, which is incredible to see how God has used this small town to support us yeah. over the past 10 years. Yeah. Something I never could have dreamed of. Yeah. Um, but we're very, very grateful to everyone who does support us, because mm-hmm. um, that's what allows us to do what we do, and that's what's ag- allowed us to grow as big as God has grown this ministry. Yeah.
1: That's awesome.
0: I don't know if you've got a fun question or not, but I do have one more question. I can't imagine. I'm surprised you it. haven't asked yet. Um about food because you're a foodie. Oh. <laughs> I'm not, but I know that you're down there all the time. You're eating what's down there, not called Mexican food, but what we, up here we call it. So you come up here and you're here for a week and a half. We have five or six Mexican restaurants here in town. How does What's the food like there? How does it compare to what they say is authentic here in your experience of 10 years being living down there?
3: Let me tell you that When I go to the Mexican restaurants here, and again, obviously, each country in Central Mm -hmm. America is different. Right, it's not going to be the same as 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 Mexican food, but it's 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 nothing. It's not the same. (laughs) It's not even close. (laughs) Not even close. (laughs) The staples in Honduras, if you're having a typical Honduran meal, you'll have rice, Mm -hmm. you'll have beans, you'll have fried plantains, Mm. and eggs, and avocado, and fresh made corn tortillas, and Mm. there is nothing better than a meal of that. Oh, it's so
1: good. sounds delicious.
3: So yes. good. But <laughs> See, it's not... My foodie over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't get it at the Mexican restaurants no, here, unfortunately.
1: definitely not. It, it reminded me a little bit more of the Cuban side yeah, um, with the plantains and stuff. But mm. yeah, just authentic and different. No, unique. I'm more
3: than content with Honduran food. <laughs> I'm <am> currently missing <laughs> a little bit of Honduran struggling in that food. way. Yeah, it's good. It's all good. That's yeah, I could, awesome. I can
0: imagine when you go visit them here, it's like... My background is graphic design, marketing, and I go into a restaurant and I'm kind of judging their menus and everything else. And you're probably judging their food when you go to the restaurants here and other other aspects of it. So I can imagine that kind of works on you a little bit while you're here. Yeah,
3: I've just learned to not ex- – I don't expect it to be the same. I just right, let it be right. what it is and I enjoy
1: it, but it's not, it's not what I was expecting. I know. I was looking for at my questions to so just – I'm just trying to find – the right one. Hmm. Well, while the, you're doing that, mark while
0: you're looking at <laughs> I can ask, I can tell her my son, one of his favorite teachers when he was in middle grade, in seventh grade, he was like, he fell back in love with science. And because your mom.
3: Oh, wonderful. Isn't that fun. Oh, she would love to hear that. I love it. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: yeah I chat with her a little bit. He wanted to become a weather guy because of her class. Yeah. And for the longest time, we'd go to the Braves game. We'd go by the Weather Channel building. He goes, there's my people right there. Right? <laughs> I thought Nine for intervals. sure I thought for sure he's going to turn into a meteorologist, meteorologist. but yeah. then he realized he needed to be stronger in math and science than he actually was interested in doing. <laughs> so now he's law enforcement. <laughs> oh, and there he, you go. That's his target now. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he loved Miss Hornsby's science class. Okay. So. Well, yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: Uh, she does a good, great job. Okay, so here's the question I settled on. Mm-hmm. If you and your kiddos could go on a dream vacation anywhere, where would you guys want to go? Or oh what would you want goodness. to do? <laughs>
3: oh, my goodness. See, we, my children just got their visas about yes. 10 days before we landed wow. here. Wow. So I have not had very long to think about that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: You're just trying to get them here. We're
3: too. just happy to be it's like in Franklin, We were Franklin, just dreaming about the visa. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Yes. Oh, i mean i want to cool. take them everywhere yeah. i want to take them out in california to yeah see my sister go to yosemite national park oh, yes um we want to go yeah we want to go anywhere we want to go to my family is from germany Okay, so I mean that's like a dream thing. Yeah, yeah. Like we would love to go there and and like see it. cousins and things that I still have there. But that's awesome. I didn't know now, that. We are more than content in Franklin, North
2: <laughs> Carolina. Well, <laughs> Franklin is awesome. not a
0: big town at all, but it's a nicer sized town compared to what's around here. Your children are coming from Honduras, where there's you go. We had this conversation off recording earlier. You have so many choices when you go into a grocery store here. How how have they felt? about being in Franklin for the last maybe eight days, I think it is, when your mom shared the picture they were in town, with just the options and stores and being here in this environment compared to back home.
3: It is. It's been overwhelming, I think is a good word for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we went into the grocery store. One of the cool. first days we were here, and I think we were there for like an hour. Like we were <laughs> just, just walking up and down and all the baked goods and all of this and all of that. And the freezer section, oh my goodness, every processed <laughs> Multiple food you could aisles. up is
2: there. <laughs> yeah.
3: um, and so they picked out a bunch of stuff to try. So that oh, was Oh yeah. my goodness. Um, and, and yeah, the restaurants, we've been to Sonic like four times already. <laughs> it's
2: out of control. Yeah, Sonic. We yes. took them to
3: cookout. Out. like it's just we've done everything oh my so goodness they're gonna go back to Honduras very full Yeah, they're gonna have to do a lot of hiking these days to work it off <laughs>
0: that's well, awesome I'm glad they're enjoying it and having yeah. a fun time and meeting family for the first time or maybe getting in this environment that concentrated time yeah. Yeah. So, yeah
1: well thank you so much yes. for taking time out of Thanks your day and your vacation me. and sharing with us and I I definitely enjoy just getting to know a little bit more about your journey and
0: just yes, how we can support you Educational, yeah yes. And we will have that link in the description, as we mentioned before. And of course, we'll get this shared out all over social media. So hopefully it will not only have shared time with us, but it'll also help you out in your ministry yeah, too. So.
1: For sure. I appreciate it. It's been wonderful. Yeah, thank you so much.
0: Well, let's let her go home to visit those kids.
1: I know. <laughs> all
0: right, see ya.